0: It seems like we are happy, but what people don't even know, is that
1: he on me. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Music and Therapy with Relationship Coach, Kiana W. Mitchell. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Guys, I hope all is well with you and your family. And that you are having an amazing day. Now, I know my day is going great so far. We did have a little rain last night, but right now it's not raining. I am in my studio, the car, and I am recording this podcast for you, and it's not raining. So that is a plus because I would hate for you to hear the raindrops like hitting the windshield. So I'm good and all is well here. Now, tomorrow is supposed to be very stormy in my part of Alabama. We're supposed to have like tornado warnings and watches and all all that stuff. But right now, everything is good. So we're just going to focus on today. I'm going to make sure I get my podcast out so that regardless of what happens tomorrow, we will be good. So yeah, I'm having good. I'm having a good day today. My daughters are out of school for spring break and it's been fun. I've come up with a way to spend time with them and also get my work done. Now, if you guys remember a few episodes ago, I told you how sometimes I have a hard time balancing because I am a work Okay, I'm not going to say a workaholic, but I do work a lot. And I'm the kind of person where I will go and go and go and I'll work and work and work until there's nothing else to do. So I relax, I work hard, and then I'll play. And so if my work is not done, I'm the person who won't play at all. I'll be like, nope, got to finish this. But I realize when I mean, you have kids, you got to do some things differently. Like I can sit and work all day, but I need to spend time with my kids. So what we've come up with is like, I do my work from 8 to 12. I spend 12 to 6 with them. Then from 6 to 10, I finish the rest of my work. And it's been working out really well, so I have no complaints about that. We watched movies yesterday, and there's one movie we watched, on The Blair Witch Project. And I remember when it first came out. I was so scared. Everyone, All my friends were like, they watched it, they saw it, and I was the person like, no, I'm not going to watch this, I can't, it's so scary. So I was like terrified at the thought of watching it. So yesterday um, on Netflix, my daughters were looking for a scary movie. And they have this way of, it's harder for them to find movies. Like we'll be sitting down for hours, and I'm not exaggerating. And they'll just be clicking, who wants to watch this? And someone will be like, no, I don't. And then we can't watch it. Or two people say they don't want to watch it or three people want to watch it and then one person doesn't want to watch it and they can never really agree on what show to watch and it drives me insane it comes like people pick something because you know we are wasting all of our time picking something to watch and we're not watching a thing so what I have done so yesterday what I did was I was like listen I said clearly we're not all going to agree on what to watch so how about we do it like this I was like um, I was like, I'll, I was like I'll pick something I want to watch. Dawson can pick something, Megan, Kennedy, everyone can pick a movie they want to watch and we will watch it. So that's what we did. Everybody got a chance to pick a movie they wanted to watch and they watched it. So we ended up watching Blair, um, Witch Project. And yeah, I kind of laughed at myself for being afraid of it. I was like, what the world? Like this is not even scary. But, you know, back in the day when I first heard about it, when it first came out, I was scared. I'm just going to throw that out there. But I watched it yesterday. I was not scared. So, he made me realize that sometimes we are afraid of things that we've never even watched, never did, never tried. And once you try it and do it, you will realize there's really nothing to be afraid of. So, that is what I did yesterday. And I had an amazing day. I've been watching a lot of Netflix because I'm tired of watching the commercials on Sling. And I saw this um, show. It's called The Minimalist. And it was a documentary about these people who... Instead of having like everything, they started to like downsize in their lives and they realized they were happier and that life was better. And that was pretty much the gist of the whole show. It was just saying the documentary was saying that sometimes we are happier when we have less because we have to, we have less responsibilities and we can actually do the things we really want to do and live the life we really want to have without being like bogged down with so many responsibilities and so much work that we don't have time for things that are important. So that was in the movie and the reason I'm mentioning it right now because it made me think about relationships of course and I was like you know what sometimes in our relationships we put so much emphasis on all the things we can do all the things we can buy all the stuff but we don't invest enough in the person so what I wanted to do is just encourage you guys today we have a week and I wanted to see if you guys wanted to join me in this challenge like this whole week let us do see what we can do to not so much buy things for our significant other or our spouse or our partner, but instead do things for them that will let them know that we care and that we love them. Let's see how we can not so much invest in all the things we could buy them and spend on them, but let's invest in things that we can do for them and see if that makes has a positive impact in our relationship. So it could be like a compliment, it could be a letter. Instead of buying a card, you can make a card. I mean, there are so many things that you can do to let people know that they are loved and it doesn't require money. So let's, I wanted to see if anyone was interested in trying to do a challenge like that. I'll probably bring it up again sometime next week and I'll put it on the Facebook group and we can go from there and see if we can start it maybe sometime in April. But I thought it would be a good idea to see what we could do to let our Significant others know that they are loved and appreciated without spending a dime with them But just go from our heart and use our words and our actions. I just thought that would be fun So if you guys are in for this challenge that I want to start in April I guess you can call it the love minimalism challenge Then I want you to um, if you haven't already go join our Facebook page because I'll put more information about it up there But if you're already a member of our Facebook page, then just let other people know about it so that we can see if what kind of effect we can have if we like focus more on the person and not so much on what we buy the person or can purchase for them So okay so that's what i wanted to do so if you guys are in let me know i think it'll be a fun challenge for us to do and we can see how much we can get done and what we can do and if it really has an impact in our relationships now before we get into our topic for today we're going to hear a word from our sponsor Did you know that each year, over 125,000 Americans die from overdose and suicide combined? I'm not even talking about the other causes of death related to substance misuse and mental health. Just those two. Those are our friends, our neighbors, our family members. They go to our churches, eat next to us at our favorite restaurants. They talk to us through our favorite podcasts. And those deaths are completely preventable. In the Choose Your Struggle podcast, Jay Schiffman, who is a public speaker and coach, talks about these types of issues by interviewing people with lived experiences on these topics of mental health, substance misuse, and recovery, and drug use and policy to help end stigma and normalize difficult conversations through empathy and vulnerability. This is a topic that is very close to Jay's heart because Jay has survived two suicide attempts and an overdose. Jay feels privileged because he has been given a second chance in a world where some people don't even get a first chance to change their lives and make things better. In a recent quote from Jay, he says that for him not to use his personal experience for something truly meaningful and good, that it would be a waste of his second chance. That's why he gets up every day to work, to help end the stigma, and ensure that those who need help get the help that they need and that they deserve. Because we're in this together. Jay is very inspirational and he is an amazing host. I guarantee that the stories you will hear will change your life and redefine your worldview. So join Jay every Monday and Friday for the Choose Your Struggle podcast. The Choose Your Struggle podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts, so go check it out. We're going to talk about sex and the reason we're going to talk about this because we have heard a lot of different things about it. Now, I know growing up, I was always told to wait until you get married to have sex. I know that other people were told, you know, about protection and different things. And there's like such a huge stigma about people having sex and waiting until they get married. So I just wanted to talk about, you know, are there any benefits to delaying sex and either until marriage or just delaying it a little bit while you're dating? Um, I just wanted to talk about these benefits. Now, the thing that made me think about this is this show, as most of you know I'm a huge reality T V fan. Like one of my main I have so many, many favorite shows. But one of my One of the favorite shows, I would say, is called Married at First Sight. Now, this is an amazing show. I think I've talked about it before. Where the person, actually, they don't get to see each other. They don't meet each other. A group of experts and counselors and psychiatrists, they talk to these different individuals. They get their background. They get their history, their values. And then what they do is they match them with someone, and then they get married. And so, for... I think it's a period of maybe two months they're married and then at the end of the experiment they get to say whether they want to get a divorce or stay married but throughout this time and throughout this period they have like counseling they have the experts talking to them and they're working through issues and they're really is really intense and they're doing this in two months so that they can get to know each other because they want to see can you form a bond with someone and does it really matter if it's is, is it all is love all about looks or is it about the values? So that's what it's about. And surprisingly, a lot of people have stayed married and have had kids as a result of that show. So it kind of gives you something to think about and it gives you a reason to be like, okay, well maybe some of the things I'm looking for in a relationship is not the things that are important because it shows that the people with the stronger values and has similar values and the same values and who are on the same page about where they wanted to be, where they wanted to go. Their chances of staying together were higher than people who are not on the same page. So it just throws out the question about whether it's values and whether it is what we're taught more so than how we look on the outside. Anyway, I'm not going to get off subject. We're going to go back to talking about whether delaying sex is important or if it's even beneficial for marriage or if it's beneficial at all. So, anyway, the reason I'm bringing it up because on that show in season nine, if you have not watched it, You could probably go catch it on Netflix or something. They're not paying me to tell you about this. I just talk a lot about TV. And I just think it goes hand-in-hand with our topic today. Now, in this particular season, there was a couple, Keith and Iris. And Iris was a virgin. And, you know, you watch this. And if you've been told, like I was ever since you were a kid, like, having your virginity is amazing. Save it until you get married. Then you're just like, oh, okay. So I was watching the episode. I watched the whole season. And let me just say, I came away from the season conflicted. I was conflicted for several reasons because of the fact that, um, she didn't seem to be mature when it came to like talking about sexual things or understanding about condoms or seeing them or talking about them. It seemed to me like she had been shielded from all of the things that were normal for a person her age. I think she was 27 or 28. I think she had been like shielded from all of these things. And I was just like, well, you know, going from a person who's been here, who heard her whole life that being a virgin was a good thing. To seeing this, you just like, okay, makes you kind of call these things into question. Like, is it really a good thing? Because she didn't seem to understand what was happening. She seemed to be like immature to an extent. She wasn't like on the same maturity level as he was. And I was like, was that from her being a virgin or was that from something else? So, of course, it calls some things into question. Now, I know in my personal experience, I was not a virgin when I got married. However, I did delay sex for a long time. But the point is, it didn't help her. At the end of the experiment, they ended up getting a divorce because of the fact that she was not experienced or mature enough when it came to sexual issues. And there was one part of the show where she found condoms in his drawer, and she almost had a fit. And she was like really mad about it, and I was just like, well, he's a grown man, and prior to the experiment, he had no idea he was going to be getting married in a certain amount of days, so is it really a reason to be upset? But she really was. And so it just made me think about these things. So of course I decided, you know what, I'm going to go and do some research to see if what people have been telling us for our, for a long time, to wait until you're married or to wait until you have sex, is really a beneficial thing or not. One of the first questions that I wanted to answer during my research was like, if there were really any real evidence that delaying sex in a relationship is positive for the relationship. Now before we even get go any further, let me just say, I'm not telling you not to have sex in your relationship. I'm not telling you to wait until you get married to have sex. I'm not even telling you to delay it. We're just having a conversation exploring it. And if you hear something in this conversation that goes along with what you believe or what you think you may want to try to make your relationship better, then I think it's a good thing if we do it. Now, in my effort to find out if there were any real evidence that delaying sex in a relationship is a positive thing, I did some research and I came across a study done by doctor Sandra Metz. And in this study, Dr. Metz asked 286 participants to think about the turning points in their present or past relationships. One question she hoped to answer was whether it made a difference if the couple had made a commitment to be exclusive and had said I love you before or after commencing the sexual intimacy. Metz found out that when a commitment is made and love is expressed before a couple starts to have sex, The sexual experience is perceived to be a positive turning point in a relationship, increasing understanding, commitment, trust, and sense of security. However, when the sexual experience and the love was not expressed before, but after a couple became sexually involved, the experience is perceived to be a negative turning point, invoking regret, uncertainty, discomfort, and prompting apologies. Mets did not find a significant difference in this pattern between men and women. So regardless if it was a guy or a girl, it was discovered that if they had committed to each other and said, I love you before sex, it was a good turning point in a relationship. If they did not commit to each other or say, I love you before sex, but after sex, then it was perceived as a negative experience. In another study, Dr. Dean Busby, sought to find out the effect that sexual timing had on the health of a couple's eventual marriage. He surveyed over 2,000 people who range in age from 19 to 71, who had been married anywhere from 6 to more than 20 years. And they had a variety of religion beliefs. And some even had no religious beliefs at all. The results were controlled for religion, income, education, race, and the length of the relationship. What Busby found is that couples who delayed sex in a relationship enjoy better long-term prospects and greater satisfaction in a variety of areas in their marriage. Those who waited until marriage to have sex reported the following benefits over those who had sex early on in the relationship. They had relationship stability that was rated 22% higher. They had relationship satisfaction that was rated 20% higher. Sexual quality of the relationship was rated 15% better, and communication was rated 12% better. For those couples that waited longer in a relationship to have sex, but not until marriage, the benefits were still present, but about half as strong. So there were still some benefits for those who waited longer in their relationship to have sex over those who did it immediately. Even though the benefits were only about half as strong as the people who waited till marriage, there were still benefits in delaying sex. Now these studies are certainly not conclusive and they do not decide or even settle the question of whether or not delaying intimacy is beneficial for a long-term relationship. The main point of contention in the debate over whether you should or should not get intimate in a relationship kind of boils down to whether it's better to find out if you are sexually compatible as early as possible or whether holding off on sex might uniquely strengthen the relationship in such a way to make that question. The following factors help explain how waiting to have sex may trump the question of sexual compatibility and this is the importance of narrative in our relationships now in the past few decades psychologists have increasingly recognized the importance of personal narratives in a way that we construct our identities make choices and find meaning researchers have found that the human mind has a natural affinity for stories and this prediction strongly extends into how we view and make sense of our own lives we all seek to fit our experience and memories into a personal narrative that explains who we are, when and how we've progressed, and how we've grown, and why our lives have turned out the way that they have. We construct these narratives just like any other stories by dividing our lives into different chapters and emphasizing important high points, low points, and of particular importance here, turning points. Psychologists have also shown that personal narratives are truly powerful things that shape our behavior and influence our big decisions, even when we're not aware of it. They affect both how we view the past and how we see our future. As science reporter Benedict Carey puts it, the way people replay and recast memories day by day deepens and reshapes their larger life story. And as it evolves, the larger story in turn colors the interpretation of the scene. The power of personal narratives may explain the results of Dr. Metz's study. She theorizes for both men and women that explicit expression of love and contentment prior to sexual involvement in a dating relationship appears to provide communicative framing for the personal and relational meaning of sexual actions. For couples that make a commitment to each other prior to becoming intimate, the initiation of sex becomes framed as a relative event or a relational event rather than a physical release or moment of pleasure so in other words whether i love you came before sex or after changes the way the couple was able to fit this turning point into the narrative of their relationship and thus what kind of meaning the event actually had on them psychologists have found out that just like all good stories the coherence of our personal narratives matter and that the more coherent our life stories has the greater our sense of well-being Coherence grows out of a number of things, including the way one event leads naturally to another and how clearly cause and effect can be seen. So when sex happens prior to love and commitment and somewhat randomly, after a few dates and we were watching a movie and then we started making out and ended up having sex, it becomes a fragment that's harder to fit into the narrative of your relationship and doesn't add much to the story of how you became a couple. On the other hand, if the story or if the sex in a relationship follows after expressions of love and commitment, like we first said I love you when we watched the sun come up after a hike, we booked the weekend at a bed and breakfast a few weeks later and had sex for the first time, so the episode becomes integrated in a positive way into the story of our relationship. It may be easy to dismiss stories as just stories, but the effect of personal narratives in your life should not be underestimated. The memory of your first time as a couple will be something you look back on and draw from for the rest of your life, and will be at least particularly colored for better or worse, the story of us. Now, another thing to consider is the creation and lasting power of sexual patterns and preferences. It's important to take into consideration because our habits and our repeated behavior train our minds to think in a certain way. How we choose to do certain things can set a pattern that's difficult to alter. This is true for sexual intimacy as it is for anything else. As Dr. Busby puts it, many will say, when I get ready to settle down, I'm just going to take things more slowly. Unfortunately, some of our most recent research seems to suggest that the patterns that we develop in young adulthood and their relational consequences can't just be turned off or avoided until a person decides it's time to marry. Every relationship we have, however brief and insignificant, influence every other relationship we have. And the patterns that we repeat across relationships become very difficult to overcome. Another factor to consider when deciding if delaying sex is right for you is to find out how your partner thinks about sex and are you both on the same page. Now this is important because just like relationships, if you or guys are not on the same page, one person may think that you're in a committed relationship, the other person in the relationship may not see it as committed. Because you guys haven't discussed it and you're not on the same page. So when you guys are thinking about sex or thinking about having it, it's important to talk about sex. It's important to find out what the views of your partner is about sex. How they view sex, what sex means to them in a relationship, what type of significance does sex have for your partner in a relationship. So, for example, some people think of having sex as an expression of love and commitment, while other people view sex as an act or something to do that does not require any type of commitment or love. So, if you sleep with someone who views sex differently than you, then when you sleep together, you will have different and conflicting views about the direction of your relationship. This is why it is a good decision to discuss your views about sex with your partner before having sex with them. So, by initiating some type of dialogue about sex, It will help you to see what they think about sex and whether it will be beneficial to your relationship. Relationships are awesome, and it's normal to want to take the relationship to the next level by adding sex into the mix. But before you do, please, please, please make sure that it is something that is going to be beneficial to the relationship. And if you feel that having sex with your partner is not going to improve the quality of the relationship, then you may decide that you may want to wait. The song that we are going to listen to today is called The Morning After, and it's about a woman who gave in to her desires and is now regretting her decision. Here's the song, The Morning After. time with you today and it was awesome to spend this time talking to you I also would like to encourage you to share the podcast with a friend so could you please do me a favor and go share this podcast with him and while you're sharing the podcast if you do not follow us on spotify go ahead follow us on spotify Now, all of this is going to be in the show notes, so you're not even going to have to look for it. All you have to do is click on the link, and you will be able to follow us on Spotify. And you can also share this episode with a friend all in one little click of a button. So go ahead and make sure you do that. I also want to remind you guys to please join our Facebook group because it's amazing. But it's not the same because we don't have you there. So come on over. Join us on our Music and Therapy Facebook group. And there you can talk to me. We can chat. You can connect with me there so that's the place to be so join us and join me on the music and therapy facebook group and i also have that in the show notes too so just click on it and you will be there and just join okay so go ahead and do that as well and if there's anything that you want to talk to me about there are many ways to contact me and i have it in our show notes it's under the section saying join me on social media so those are all the ways you can join me those are all the ways you can You can connect with me, contact me. It just takes a DM on Instagram. It just takes a message on Facebook. And I am there. Okay? So these are just ways you can connect with me. Guys, it is amazing talking to you. I think I told you everything that I wanted to tell you today. But if there's anything you want to tell me, just let me know by either sending me a message or by sending me a DM on Instagram. Alright, that's all for me today. I think that's all I have to talk to you about yeah that's all so i will talk to you guys later have a wonderful day enjoy the weather hopefully it's amazing where you are and i will talk to you again next week Bye bye.
0: Like we what don't even know is that it on